We're going live. Three, two, one. We are live, Scobo. Welcome to this week's edition of The Bro Show Live, episode 45. I'm Scobo One, and the panel is all assembled so far. We're waiting on our guest. Tonight's special guest is Brown Guy 420 so I know you guys are going to want to hang around for all that. Cheers. What's happening? Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, Brown Guy 420 is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes, Abolish said. So uh, let's do our introductions real quick, and then we'll get to it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this Sunday. I'm super sunburnt. Um, let's get talking. Spartan, welcome, dude. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Spartan Grown. Happy to be here. You can find me on Instagram, Spartan Grown, and all over YouTube. <laughs> all over YouTube. Now that's all the quick us. way to do it. Everywhere, baby. Worldwide. Smiley's Garden. What are you up to, man? What's going on, guys? Man, it's just been uh, enjoying a beautiful weekend. This uh, this weather has just been amazing. So, yeah, I was outside grilling today and just enjoying it. Happy to be here with you guys. Thank you, thank you. And Canna Kate, the only one celebrating Memorial Day. Welcome to the show. Hey, happy to be here. You can find me on Instagram at the Canna Kate or on YouTube. I'm also super excited to be here tonight. I've been outside all weekend. I'm also super sunburned. But now I have like layers of sunburn from like the different outfits I've gotten sunburned in. So it's like some spots are super burnt, some spots are freshly burnt. Good thing. Layers of sunburn, I like it. Then Abolish Farms. Welcome, dude. Is Miss C there with you? Uh, she's out there. She's on call tonight because we actually have something big going on in the family. Uh, her sister-in-law is uh, getting ready to pop a baby out, so she might be taking off any minute. Oh, dang. You're going to say she's got the catchers, man. It's been just a, an amazing weekend, that going on. I mean, Friday, we had the new season of Trailer Park Boys. People that love them. Saturday, I got to hang out with the girls. I love that those two things are lined up. Exactly. <laughs> to me, they might be. But uh, Saturday, I got to hang out with the girl skis and most of the council. It was pretty cool. And uh, now Sunday, you know, I, I got to go out there, start setting up my greenhouse, did battle with the mosquitoes. And now I get to interview like one of my life, well, I wouldn't be lifelong, grow lifelong idols, uh, Brown Guy 420. Well, congrats on all those things, except for the mosquitoes. Sorry you're dealing with those at 5 o'clock, whatever you say. Right. I like the way that you called it the council got together. That just sounds so... Yeah. You should hear what he calls you guys with the camera off. Oh, my God. I have to be careful to realize the camera's on. I can't say crazy shit and reply. He, he just... You get to slide for that one, baby. <laughs> He just goes full Gollum and he just calls us his precious. <laughs> we are the ring. He's got candles lit. And he's got some of Smiley's crystals over there and it's real weird. We get to smoke a lot of good, good cannabis that I haven't gotten to try yet, man. I want to give a shout out actually to Abolished, to Spartan and to Smiley, as well as to Michigan Medicated. She can medicate it. She grows the dank too now. Yeah, I was just saying in chat, I'm smoking her sour D right now. I fucking love this. Dude, that Bridezilla was snapping. Oh, I had that there. They they were passing uh they had a joint there and uh that was excellent too. I, I have a, I have like I have one nug of that, so I'm gonna probably grind that after I'm off through the sour D. <laughs> I started mine with some smiley's blue lime pie this morning. That was a really good way to start my day. 
her, her bright Zilla was probably the frostiest thing there at the session, I would say. Like, it was really impressive. It's been kind of cool to watch her grow journey because when she first started watching the show, I was giving her tips and stuff on her room, and now she's growing the frosty stuff. Yeah, she really crushed it. I was, I've been thoroughly impressed anytime I've seen her, her flower. Very nice. And I agree about that Bridezilla is probably one of the frostiest ones there. Outside of Super dense. Yeah. Look at that. Super dense, man. Nice job. Very and nice. smells absolutely delicious. And tastes the same way. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to have to hit her up because I didn't get any of that sour D. And I was looking forward to trying that. Oh, yeah. You need to get some of that. I look really fire. It's the ball, baby. Shout out, to, shout out to Tara. She says she's got a, a bull pack to that, uh, the, the, the meat pheno of, uh, <laughs> of headlights. Well, I also have the snow cane from you as well as the uh, headlights. Let me bust this little beast out here. Yeah, this one. Bye, y'all. So, so you've got more confirmation now, Spartan, that your, your pheno tastes like meat? I don't know about taste, but everybody says that it reminds them of, of I've heard, you know, anywhere from the Salisbury steak to uh, some kind of a... Uh, um, it's certainly not the texture, Spartan. No, <laughs> I just, I always get, when I smell it, I get pine. I don't know. It's, it's weird how everybody's got a different kind of picks up. But when you get that suggestion, when people tell me meat, you know what I mean? And then I kind of, I'm hoping for that and smell it. I'm like, okay, I see where you're getting at. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all in our heads, man. Pardon cookie time. I made a joke with Tara yesterday. She got one of these. And I said, I want you to make sure that you do the wake and bake with the grows keys Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. How you like that? I want you to make sure that you eat a Spartan cookie right before you go on the air, the same way that Spartan does right before he comes on with us on the Bro Show Live after he's already streamed for two hours over there at growing with my fellow growers and our cats over there. So she should have a really good show this week for us. I can't wait to see it. I should be slap happy. Hey, how about, how can we not mention, are we through there? I feel like we didn't introduce everybody. Did we ever introduce everybody? Yeah. I, mean, oh. I didn't do one, but I never do. I didn't okay. think Scoba did one really. I was um, so impressed that the um, Grow Tube Roundtable, talking about people that look up to us. I mean, oh, we were working up to that. See? Yeah, I mean, come on. Grow, grow Tube Roundtable, bringing up the bros. What can I say? I was so, so excited to see that. First and foremost, we I'm glad really that they made it too. to 100 episodes because, you know, it's taken them four seasons that, you know, they've had a, a channel that's, you know, started and stopped and it's moved days around. But the one thing that we've always kept is a certain level of people in the chat for that man and i just it really it's cool when your heroes shout you out man that's one of the shows that scobo really talked about a lot when we were forming this thing was grow tube yep. and dago and all of those guys on that show so really cool that they talked about us and shouted us out so uh i think it's cool that going. brown guy is here because that's the very first place that i ever seen brown guy 420 was over on grow tube and oh man was it like a teens episode or something like that it's early early He's always going in from like cell and he's having a terrible connection, but he was trying to get some good. It's just, you were just like, please work. Oh, I got to hear this guy, you know? And then he always had the, the, I mean, he put a lot of work into his videos too. I mean, I, I thought With the drones, video, remember he always fly yeah. the drones in and you get the cool thing. Of the, oh, it's so good. So good production you get on that too. So, I mean, you know, I can see why Abolish is, you know, 
you know, inspired by him. And boy, same, same kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a polish is, you know, waves his magic wand and makes shit happen. It's the same thing with the brown guys. Just like I'm so impressed with some yeah. of those shots, and I'm just thinking, man, I keep thinking of things. Man, what could I? What could you do with that? What you could do this? You could do that. Oh, I was giddy because I remember seeing when he was doing the malted barley. Brown guy had a coffee grinder, like a big full industrial. There he is. What's up, brother? Welcome to the show. What's up? Took big old happy birthday. Down to this Zoom thing. <laughs> happy birthday, brother. Yeah, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Thank you. How you guys doing? Excellent. We're doing excellent. I'm get on to one of these things again. It's been a minute. We are just talking but, about that on the GrowTube. I, I seen you the very first time over there, and they just hit their 100th episode, so it's like triple hat trick cool man yeah after all the crap i went through i kind of my youtube got shut down everything just kind of went blank and it takes a long time to get a lot of followers you know and uh kind of killed it i went down to south america for a while so i just kind of just kind of went off youtube for a while and i've been thinking about getting back on and i've been trying to build up some video and uh also start my own company and uh now is about the time to start getting on and so you gave me the opportunity to jump on so i said what the heck it can be demoralizing even when you start or when you lose a little bit of the viewers that you're used to or whatever but i couldn't imagine getting your whole channel shut down that'd be awful well you know it was like you know you guys all know it's like when you get 100 subscribers you're like fuck yeah dude oh yeah and then you get to 400 i remember having like a little like a party episode at 420 you know and then and then it was like a thousand and we used to, you know, laugh at like, you know, you'd post a video and it'd be like a hundred subscribers in, in like 10 minutes and you'd get all excited about it. You know, and then I had like 50,000 subscribers and then it was like 3.7 million views and all of a sudden, poof, nothing. And it was all over some bad investors, you know, some people who took advantage of me, they had me build that farm and I had a time of my life, I built that farm with my heart. And then when they just kicked me off and put new crew on there and told me to, you know, kick rocks, it just kind of was crushing, you know? It was hard for us to watch too, because we were just like, man, he, you know, brown guys finally made it. He's going to be able to take this TLO to the next level, watch what's going to happen. And then it didn't yeah. happen. And we're Perhaps. just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And the extra arrow in the back is the guy they brought in on that farm. Uh, he, he brought in nutrients, you know? So he just, he wrecked all that soil, just took, took, destroyed it. And I'm just, uh, oh, you know? <laughs> all that work, man. Like, and that's, that's when every, everybody asked me, what's the missing component? What's your secret ingredient? Love, man. And that's what, that's like, that's yeah. not love. That's the opposite of love. You're shitting on everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. God. Yeah. You know, Kills it. but you know, everything, everything does happen for a reason, you know? So instead of, you know, put your head in the sand, you go do something. And, you know, I had an opportunity to work with uh, the government of, of Paraguay. And I went down there, helped set up their cannabis down there. Uh, became a, you know, a nice thing. Came back up here. Uh, my friend's farm, he was, he, you know, they did hemp the, the year before. I kind of stopped in, seen what they were doing. And he's like, hey, we're going to do 540 acres. You know, let's, let's you know, come in and Help me with it. So I was like, all right, you know, and, and with me, like I quit smoking for the most part because my asthma is so bad, but the love for growing and the love for anything I do is still there. And so to put myself 
into this higher level of working with tractors that are the size of houses and and laying irrigation you know we're used to putting if we did any kind of drip system it was in a little tube i'm working with 12 inch pipe that running underground that would shoot you to the moon you know if you got in front of that path of water you know and so it was uh to me it's all part of the resume for for just knowledge and how to do something on a on a just a, an insane level and so we grew 760,000 pounds of CBG flour, you know? So it was, it was fun, but you know, now I'm uh, pursuing the, the extraction part, which I've always been a part of. And uh, so I've always grown and I've always done extraction and, you know, I try to have my feet and everything. And as I'm getting older today, today I'm 40 years old. <laughs> and so I, I kind of, I need to stay out from digging holes and ditches, you know, so. <laughs> And it's kind of nice to have my medical grow back, which is only, you know, a couple plants and you can give them that love again, you know? <laughs> exactly. And then you get the therapy just from growing the damn plant before you even smoke it, man. Uh, you know, yeah. And with me, I, my, my joy, like I, I, I smoke, uh, you know, like the, the little distillate carts or whatever, but uh, part of quitting smoking was the Delta nine was giving me, I wouldn't say anxiety, but it was just with so many responsibilities in my life, you just kind of, did I do that? Did, did I, did I forget to water those plants or did I water those plants? And you know, you start when you're on such a big scale, it starts to, starts to, you know, you, you start getting mind games with yourself. And so I quit. It becomes a liability. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm, I've been doing Delta eight and uh, I used to tell people that, you know, distillate was distillate and uh back before everything was pretty much a hybrid you know like everything now is like indica sativa you know it just depends on what way it goes but i used to smoke pure sativas and they were great and i called it work weed you know because you would smoke and you'd be all energy and you go out and do things and you'd have to stop and go wow i'm high as hell you know and, and, and then there's the indica you go home and you put your feet up you smoke some indica and you you know you just lay back and comatose yourself and uh, with the Delta 8 distillate, it's just like a sativa. It's like a high sativa. So you can smoke it and, you're, and you do everything. I feel sharp as a needle, you know, and you're doing your things. And I don't ever feel like I'm missing out on anything. So but when I stop, I'm like, all right, that, that's what I missed was that nice high, you know. So and the distillate pens don't mess with my asthma as much. If I do a dab, it probably put me in the hospital. <laughs> You know, that's funny, though, that um, I'm that way with my it's like a little toolbox, my little medicine chest. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I want a little bit of energy. Yeah, I want to grab that sour melon because that stuff gives me energy. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I want to like you said, I, I was right before bed. I want to just go to sleep. So I've got my indica and, I'll, you know, like a GG4, for example, that one for me, that puts me right to sleep. So it's cool to be able to maybe we don't have the uh, the scientific knowledge to tell what exact terpenes that are in every single strain that we have, but we can just smoke it and see what it does to us and, and just use it for those, you know, for those things. And that's why I love, it. I mean, you can get as complicated as you want with this stuff, or you can just be as simple as you want with it and, and still get medicinal benefit out of it on top of, you know, recreational too, which is, I, I don't care what anybody says. Recreational is a joke. I understand people that get high, but there's still a medical benefit, whether you okay. like it or not, <laughs> whether you like it or not, it's still a medical benefit, even, if it's recreational <laughs> and, you know and that's 
that's where I'm taking everything is I'm trying to figure out like, you know, with me being, you know, born and raised type bud smoker, my parents smoke, I grew up because I saw them smoke. I tried it back when I was young, you know, and I miss smoking flour because your full cannabinoid spectrum is really, that's where it's at. You know, to me, that's, that is medicinal. That's everything. And then going into extractions, I've been kind of, you know, taking every kind of cannabinoid and going through pure essence forms and trying to figure out what each one of them does. You know, uh, I've been nanotizing CBD and I, I making like waters and teas with it. And I use them and I, they put me out. I sleep like a baby with them. But yet like something like an isolate, uh, it affects everybody differently. But, you know, I take the, the straight crystalline powder and I'll just dip my finger in it and take a couple licks of it. And I swear it gives me energy. And a couple other people did the same thing. I had a guy that had his boss that couldn't stay up past eight o'clock at night. And I said, well, try this. This is, it, it seems like I'm all jacked up off coffee when I do it. And he did it. And his boss said he didn't go to bed till 3 a.m. in the morning, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's CBD, you know? So it's it's fun to see the uh, what 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 everything can do to you. CBN is the new one I'm trying to figure out and make it into a pure form. And it takes, like, you could just take one little hit off CBN and you'll be sleeping like a, like you took a sleeping pill, you know? So it's, it's, it's fun figuring out what each cannabinoid can do. You know, it just I'm always thing. wondering what the next one will be, you know, like CBG is obviously going to be the next CBD, but what after, is CBN going to be the one after that? You know, uh, CBN is kind of the big one. Uh, CBC is going to become a is 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 getting there. Um, Delta ten is a new one too. Uh, but you know, it's like we all know, it's 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 not each one that is something. It's doing blends, blends of a marriage of all those things for sure. Yeah, because we're seeing that like you know, like tinctures. You know, last year was the year of CBD. You know, so people were doing tinctures of CBD, drinks of CBD, pills of CBD. But now it's like people were wanting CBD, CBG mixtures of tinctures, and then you put a you put a little tiny bit of CB CBN in there, and now you got a like a sleep formula, you know. And so it, it's really it's really where you want to go. And then and then there's this whole world of terpenes. Terpenes are is a whole another entourage effect of what it can actually do because you can have something that gives you energy, but then you add terpenes and it could bring you down. You know, so it's it's a whole new science and, you know, recreation, a lot of people are against the recreational part. They want it to be in the in the dark or whatever. But I think coming into the light, we're actually able to study it and actually go a little bit further than than what we're we all grew up with was just smoking, you know, and uh, that's what why I'm here. and What what I like to do, like, you know, I. I grow my no-till, my garden's no-till, my weed's no-till, but that's my starting point. And now it's about refining and, and, and figuring out what this wonderful plant can do. Well, that's what's led me to respect you the way I do is because you always looked at the medicinal side of things, not just the TLO. I mean, the True Living Organics was sweet, but you took it to a whole other level because you're like, okay, there's medicine in here. And I know that there's gotta be a way for me to be able to unlock this and run something, you know, to me, I think that's the cutting edge of cannabis right there, man. So lots of love on that. Everything starts from the plant, man. And it, as long as, you know, 
I've always been an advocate of, I would never put anything out there that can cause other conditions later down the road, you know? So people put in, put pesticides on and say, oh, I don't give a crap, you know, it's, uh, they all smoke it, it doesn't matter. But if you're gonna put something on, on your plant, you can be growing organic saying, oh, it's organic, it's wonderful, but then you're putting something like Eagle 20 on your plant, and now you're gonna give somebody a neurological issue 20 years down the road because they're smoking your stuff thinking it's organic, you know? So you might as well grow with synthetics at that point, you know, you should, it's a matter of what you believe in and sticking to your guns, you know? If you don't care, then, you know, go to GMOs, you know? It's, it's what we put in our body and how we want it to go down the whole road, you know? Of course, that always goes back to why we advocate so much for growing your own stuff, right? It's because you know everything that was sprayed on it and everything that was put into the inputs and all of that stuff. Someone once told me, you know, it's they, you know, they said, you know, in our our generation right now, you know, we're we're all riddled by cancer, you know. And they said, but look at your great grandmother, grandfather, great great grandmother, grandfather that had farms. They grew to they they in the old age of 105 years old no cancer, no nothing. Why? Because they grew organically and they just grew on a farm and that was the way of life. And no preservatives. Yeah. And it wasn't until, it wasn't until man meddled around, you know, like I always told people throw away the cannabis books. It's, it's propaganda. Do you, do you know how many dabs they were doing back then? Just for yeah. <laughs> nearly enough. Damn it. Yeah. It, it's, you know, natural. You can, get, you can get really deep with this. I mean, uh, you want to go way back at the beginning of this country where we were growing hemp all over the place yeah. and our cattle and our livestock were eating and consuming that hemp and getting that CBD and we were eating them. So we had it in a regular diet. It was part of our regular diet. Yeah. So yeah, actually back then we were getting high. We weren't taking dabs, but uh, you know, we're still getting those cannabinoids in our system. The benefits of hemp seed. But something that- we talked about on the frugal forest quite a few times is uh, like cannabinoid deficiency. Like, what if, if mother, I, I firmly believe if mothers were allowed to breastfeed and they were, they were getting saturated, their cannabinoid system saturated, you know, regularly, their babies and whatnot would uh, avoid a lot of problems later on in life. Because I think a lot of shit is just cannabinoid deficient. Myself, I didn't start smoking until I was in my 20s. Basically, I tried it when I was like 18, but I didn't get heavy until my 20s. And it's like it fixed all my health problems. Like I lost, started losing weight. I just started feeling better. I, it's, it's an amazing thing. Well, they're, they're coming out with studies right now talking about how people who smoke cannabis have a harder time catching this coronavirus crap, you know? They're saying that the, 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 the THC is hooking to our, TH, our THC receptors and allowing that virus not to attach to a, a weed smoker. Which, yeah, they're actually they actually binds to the what's it called the ACT two protein or something whatever the protein that the virus attaches to they've in Canada they've identified thirteen strains so far that will block that so that they can't even can't even um, attach there's no entry point for it at that point. Yeah. How yeah. funny would that be though to to realize that all like cannabis users are kind of immune to it where like, like everybody's done prohibition for it and that's like the cure or whatever. Well, we already have the benefit of it. When all this went down, man, I'm, I'm working in it now and I'm deemed essential. I'm an essential for, you know, 
That was a hell of a change, isn't it? Going from being an outlaw to being essential all in one easy step. Yeah, just in a few what, a few years, we go from completely illegal to now I'm an essential employee. You know what I mean? and that was something I, I posted on my Facebook was uh, marijuana is essential and haircuts are illegal. The hippies have won. <laughs> go hippies. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... To me, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that whole virus thing's that big of a deal. But I mean, in, in the end of it all, though, cannabis. It's. I mean, just that right there, is proving that it's more of a medicine than what people think. You know, and we're only at the infancy of this of this industry. You know, we're we're taking it from everyone who just like to to smoke weed to, hey, look what it can do. You know, and and we are in that that transitional phase where the old school people are still against it but then there's the baby boomers and younger that are like no we love doing this you know and it's you know when we said it was medical it was yeah bullshit you know and you just you're just saying it's medical because you want to just want to get high yeah you just want to get high you like to get high and it's no 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 really it it works really well you know it's i mean even someone like me for asthma like uh small amounts of cannabis actually opens your lungs, you know, and it, it helps open it up. Just, you know, there's other things for, for asthma, like coffee and stuff, caffeine opens your lungs and stuff. An expectorant. Uh, yeah, man. And that's why I do like the distillates, the, the small, through a vape pen, not, not a dab, but a vape pen, that small amount does open up your lung capacity. And so to me, it's like, okay, well, where, what, where can you go with this? And, and what cannabinoid is it that does that and everything, you know? So, well, I know alpha pinene is known for that too. So that's a terpene. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. So alpha pinene, you know, and then it's so I, I, I don't envy your journey because for me, it would be so frustrating to try to figure out the combinations. You know what I mean? Because to isolate each one, that's easy. I mean, fairly easy enough and then try to isolate and see how it affects you. Okay. But then when you have all that figured out and then you put two together in a, in a concentration and it's a third result that you're not even expecting it's, it's, it's different from one and two. Now you have three. It's like, oh my God, what? How do you figure this out? How do you try to, you know, other than just putting them all together and guessing and trying it? I don't understand. I mean, how would you figure out? Give it know? the old college try with some courage yeah. and a smile, man. That's the that's the fun part about it, though. You know, I I've been, uh, you know, I went and got a master's degree in botany back when I was young, and it was fun. And it took me in a weird weird direction college is weird unless you have a great academic counselor it'll take you to the moon when you wanted to go to the sun but i went and taught myself soil biology that's where i wanted botany to go i went and taught myself where to go on those angles and i i I spent so much time in a lab there's a lot of theory and you live in theory like you, you if you ever met a chemist they'll tell you everything to do with cannabis but you'll say, have, have you done it? And they'll say, no, it's just theory. And the, the, the going from theory to fact is it's not this close. It's actually really far because or else all these chem- chemists would be dominating the cannabis industry right now. And it would just, it would go in everywhere we've ever said that it would go, it would go. So with me being in the lab, like you said, this does this this does that, putting them together, you would think it would do this, but it takes off somewhere else. To me, that's the fun part. That's why I went into the lab because like, I've been growing for so long that it's like, when I tell people, it's not as hard as you think it is. It's like, just keep it simple, 
you know, the kiss, you know, keep it simple and you'll, you'll, you'll grow a great, a great garden every time. But where I was at was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm growing good gardens, but where, can, where else can I go? So that's why I went into the lab and I started my own lab because when you work for somebody else's lab, it's, you're making liters of distillate, go, go, go. They're cracking a whip and you're just, you're just a slave to the machine. So with me, I, I, I make what makes money and I, I, I call myself a specialty lab. And we will spend some time doing what makes us money to pay our bills, to keep a roof over our head, food in our stomachs. And then the rest of our time is R&D. We're seeing what, what else we can make. You know, It's not because that next thing's making more money, it's because what else is out there? What else can be, what, what else can happen, you know? And, you know, like- That's where your passion gets to kick in too, though. I mean, you get to do the things that you want at that point. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, never projects. Even, I, I never even heard about Delta 8 until this last year. Then I was like, what the heck is that? And then it like put me in this mode of, you know, uh, sitting there and trying to figure it out. And I had a little, a little lab system in my garage and then I found it out and I was like, wow, look at this. And then I went and put everything I had, sold all my stuff, sold everything I had to buy all my lab equipment just so I can do this full time. So can you tell us about uh, Delta 8? I know there's people in the chat and myself that would love to hear it from you. You know, uh, it, you know, that was the thing with me is I, you know, first I heard, you know, you can, you can convert it. It's a molecular structure because Delta 8 really doesn't, it's not naturally occurring on your plant. And the reasoning for that is because, you know, it's a, it's, it's a plant that lives and dies in a cycle, right? It, it lives, you know, we get sensimilia, but if it seeded, it would die and come back the next year or whatever. But if it was able to live longer, it would eventually, you would have a lot of formation because we have low amounts of Delta-8 in our, in, our, uh, in our flower. But it would, you would get higher concentrations if you're able to go a lot longer. And degradation of, CB, uh, of THC, Delta-9 would eventually go to like CBNs and stuff. So you'd get like heavier, what we call heavier indicas or more couch lock. But that Delta-8, uh, taking that molecule and upping it to where you have a high concentration of Delta-8, it cuts out the anxiety, the paranoia, uh, the couch lock effect. Uh, it's, uh, to me, it like, well, my best friend that works with me, he's been with me through all my videos. Everyone knows him as Big D or whatever in my, in my uh, daily grind episodes. He didn't like he loves smoking, but the Delta nine always gave him this hardcore anxiety to where he would go home and he likes his dabs and he would take a dab and it would make him want to just sit in his room and not go out and play with his kids and stuff. And then we, we figured out this Delta eight and now he goes home and takes a dab of Delta eight and he's out there playing basketball. He's out there doing things with his kids and he swears that he won't smoke Delta nine anymore because of, because of the anxiety part that it, it, it ramped up inside of him. That's a and big so, one too. The anxiety so, bugaboo. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some strains don't do it as bad as others, but with me, it, it was the forgetfulness, I guess you'd say that short term memory or whatever you want to call it. Of I, it, it, it was always plaguing me on that. I forget to do that. Did I turn something off or is it still on? I found myself driving back to, you know, to the farm and seeing if I left the machine on because I couldn't remember, you know, so, so with me, it's the Delta eight cuts all that stuff out of there. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I, I think it's, it's a wonderful thing because I'm, 
I still, I'm still able to, to feel that high that we all love, but it cuts all that stuff out of there. So to me, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So it sounds kind of like, a, it's almost like the, I know this is not, you know, this is dumbing it down, but is it the possibility where that you could actually distill down every single known, we'll say, well, whatever was in the plant that you had, you could distill it down to each one of its components as far as cannabinoids and terpenes, we'll say, and then uh, store them in a way to where you could just then mix your own cocktail once you figure out what each one does and you can actually custom make each person's medicine. You could just like, okay, I can do that for you. Boom, boom, boom. And you know, even growing the same plants or different plants, it doesn't really matter so much, you know, uh, what cultivar you're growing is just matters what it uh, produces so yeah. as long as you have a diverse a diverse crop you should be covering all your bases and you should be able to to have that that's and, that and is that know, a pipe dream or is that something that you think would be possible someday no no it's 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 already here it's uh you know people have a lot more money than all of us combined can buy things called flash chromatography gas chromatography liquid chromatography systems I mean, these are, these are the cheap ones are $500,000 and the, and the expensive ones are millions of dollars. And it literally by UV wavelengths, it'll bounce off the cannabinoids and it'll literally just, it'll, it'll cut them out and it'll say, here's Delta nine, here's Delta eight, here's CBN. And whatever was in the flower that you extracted, it will, it'll put it in different jars. And then you can do that with me. I'm a, I'm a poor guy. <laughs> so I, I do uh, what if you're if you if you're going to school in biology you're going to get a chromatography tube and it's just a glass tube and you're going to fill it with silica and you're going to you're going to run your 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 distillate that's mixed with a solvent through your silica and all your cannabinoids will come off in different bands because they all have different molecular weights so they'll come off in bands and as it's falling through the silica you're gonna you're gonna let it run off into a jar until you hit the the gap in the band, and then you're gonna pull out, put a new jar in there, and you're gonna get that one off. And then you gotta take them all into testing and figure out which ones were which. And then you can kind of figure out, okay, the heaviest one was CBD, and then it was CBN, and then it was THC. So then you can kind of figure it out. And then when it comes to like you said, figuring out different concoctions for people, it's everybody's different. Because you may you may want ten percent of this, thirty percent of that, and forty percent of this, and this is your your mixture. But it'll 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 affect somebody completely different. So everybody, it's it's weird how everybody is slightly different. It's about your body base. It's about what's going on, and that's that's where I'm at trying to do is I want to take people on individually, and we play with it. And we say, is yeah, I just imagine like you're doing like the, you're at the cutting edge right now. You're at the beginning of this, but I imagine in the future, like somebody will go into like a clinic or a doctor setting and maybe give a blood sample or something. And a computer crunches some numbers and outspits. This is your concoction. And then boom, the distillate, you know, it takes each little thing and mixes it for you. And there you go. Boom. Or a picture of the roadmap of your endocannabinoid system. How fucking yeah. cool would that be? Then you could just sit there and look, literally look at the keys and look at your lock and go, okay, what do I need? And then what concentrations? Let's go with this. Let's be George Jetson, futuristic as, cannabis. That's as soon as we uh, get that key thing that Brown Guide said quite a few times is the full spectrum heel of the flower. 
and we have a hard time, at least in my experience from distillate, I've never gotten that. And I'd really like to see that in some like extraction like that that's easy for people to get. And that's why I've always been tooting the horn of alcohol extractions because, you know, with that, that extraction that I'm doing under vacuum too, so I can lower the temperatures. I'm, I know it's not a perfect situation, but I'm still, I'm capturing more. Um, I have to assume yes. because I'm not heating it as high. Yeah, it's not volatilizing. Yeah. So, um, and I'm trying to, so I'm, that's my, that's my um, plan. That's why I'm, that's why I do those things is I'm trying to, like we've seen abolishes get, more of um, all of the chemicals that I can those because I think that um, with the entourage effect uh, the way that they interact with each other and modulate each other that's where the medicine that's the stuff that we really don't understand but it's like I think we need it I think when you start singling it down to one thing when when you use it in an aspect like what Brown guy's saying it seems great because you can actually target a specific one ailment but I think for just an overall high um, the more that you include, it, you get that more body feeling. You get that more, you feel it in your body. It's not just a head feeling or um, you don't, and it's hard, really hard for me. I just always called it an empty high is what I feel when I, when I smoke a distillate. Well, the, the distillate is you're, 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 you're lacking that full spectrum. You know, uh, you could, you could do a, you know, uh, a, a, a crude wash and pull your oils off the plant matter because the plant itself isn't doing anything. Um, it's just allowing us to smoke it. Um, but you can pull it off into a crude matter and it's black as oil, which is uh, like, you know, a Rick Simpson oil, I guess you would call it. Um, and you're gonna, you're gonna feel pretty good off of that. Uh, maybe even more, more like an edible because now you're, you're concentrating, you know. Um, but when you do smoke a distillate, you are lacking a lot of that. And I always, like when we first got into, you know, dabs and BHOs and all this stuff, uh, I always said, oh, wow, it's such a clean high. But then it would seem like you don't feel it. And then you're just kind of like leveled out somewhere. And, and then I, I smoked these shatters and everything and all this stuff. And it was great. But then I'd smoke a joint and be just be blown away. And I was like, oh, what? that's why I love smoking joints, you know? And, and so what, what I've been doing is learning my extraction. It takes longer for me because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm your average guy that doesn't have piles of money just laying around everywhere, you know? So with me, I'm doing it on my level on how much I can do it, but you know, I can give you a distillate that is straight THC. I can give you a distillate that's straight D8. I can give you one that's CBD. But now what I'm trying to figure out is like homogenizing them all together and, and doing something that actually lifts you up where you want to be, you know, and it's filling that void of, you know, from smoking a joint since, since I can't smoke flour anymore, my thing has been trying to figure that out, you know, and break it down and put them back together, but in a clean well, oil that I can vape out of a carton. Well, man, I, I best of luck to you because that sounds awesome to be, I mean, think about it. You're basically just, just extract, you're just subtracting the only part of smoking that's could even bring us any harm and that's burning plant material. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're removing that. So then, I mean, you can't be much cleaner. It's like a vape almost. So, uh, yeah, if you, if, if you nail that, man, I can't wait. <laughs> it, it's fun. I mean, yeah. if I, if I figure it out, who knows, but it's, but it's it's fun playing around i mean it's all 
you know, it's all good, you know, like we all love smoking. So you're always yeah. like, hit that pen and you're like, Where's it? where am I going with this one, you know? <laughs> so it's always it's always interesting it's always you're, you're always questioning should i take another hit yet no i'm gonna wait five more minutes <laughs> and it's a, it is the same way as you know you grow a plant your baby in that thing you're you're pinching it seeing how sticky it is and you're like oh god and then you roll that first joint and you're just like where where am i going with this it's the same thing so i i, I get that joy out of just wherever i go in this industry it's just it's fun you know, and if you're not having fun with what you do, then why are you doing it? You know? I think, I think you're the in that idea. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say, I think the idea of like effect specific blends with THC is really interesting because they've been doing that with like terpenes for a while now, right? Like they had like the candidote tablets, and every once in a while you can find in the dispos, like it's like a nice box and it'll be like relax or sleep or like awake. So they're, they're using terpenes to try to like get specific effects with it. But I think the idea of using specific THC fractions, I mean, fractional distillation is way more interesting as far as like honing in what parts of the medicine are good for people. That's cool as fuck. Well, we were talking about anxiety earlier and how you use Delta 8 rather than Delta 9. And while you were talking about it, I was thinking to myself, but what if you found a Delta 9 that was high in pinene that you could use as a way to help you with mental clarity and focus? So in other words, if you were to cultivate a classic AK-47 or something like that, I wonder, you know, we always talk about salads on here. So, I mean, that's not like something new that nobody does, but I love mixing my medicines to try to come up with, you know, uh, a new concoction to treat what's ailing me in the moment. Plus it's fun. How's that done for you mixing CBD and with your normal blends of flour? I've been mixing this CBG that I just got in yesterday and I love it, man. My back is feeling fantastic for once. So I've never really had CBD smoke. I mean, I've had samples from people and it's cool, but I haven't been able to use it enough to find relief. So I was able to find some CBG hemp bud that is 16%. So it's, it's exciting for me because I've always been big on the whole patient thing. And look who it is, is Red Setter Farm. He's, he said he'd be joining us today, but he's harvesting and uh, trimming and stuff. So he won't be talking as much, but it looks like he's going to show us video while he's hanging plants. Maybe come back. Still, well, I'm real curious that, um, what that CBG has been doing for you because I've been experimenting with it too, with that hemp flower. And unlike CBD, which basically takes all my effects away and I'm basically normal, uh, CBG seems to be like a, almost an enhancer or a focuser. Like, I agree with the focus part. It just yeah. you just sit there and in a moment you'll just be like, "Wow, this must be what really good CBD is like." Well, they, a lot of people are you know the the farm I, Hemptown USA where I was at, uh, we were the largest producer of CBG this year in the world. So we've been just like we all quit smoking like most of them quit smoking THC flour because of CBD and CBD had a little bit of THC in it but not much. But the relaxing effects of it was amazing. And then a lot of people are coming up to us now and saying CBG was what I thought CBD was. And exactly. It, you know, but there's no, there's like absolutely zero euphoric effect on, on CBG. Whereas CBD, you'll smoke it and you'll, it's, uh, you get, you get, you feel that euphoric effect for 20, 15, 20 minutes and then it's gone. You know, and, uh, but you, you know, you still have those effects of it, you know, uh, CB, CBD, 
what I tell people is, you know, when it smoking, it's totally different, but when you break it down into, let's say an oil or an isolate, and then you put it into a product, I always tell people CBD is good to have just circulating through your body for, 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 for bodily health. But, uh, when, where I, I think it excels really well is if you, you know, you're out there working using a shovel all the time and your elbows are hurting, your wrists hurting. So you use it as a salve, you know, and you put it on your, on your joints and it, and it really helps and it really works well. But if you're somebody who has uh, like Crohn's disease, <laughs> if you, if you're somebody who has Crohn's disease or, or uh, like a mental anxieties, you know, you like, you, you just have that anxiety in, inside your body. Um, you know, Parkinson's disease, you got, it's an internal type of situation, IBS, things like that, then CBG is where you really want. CBG is very good for internal bodily functions. And that's why I got it is I, basically, if you really get to the bottom line, the way I was looking at it, CBG is really all about inflammation. That's the one thing yeah. that all those all have in common is inflammation of some sort. Yeah. yeah. So I am a patient and so is my daughter. So she has Crohn's and IBS and everything else. So that's what led me to really be excited when I, there was no way I thought you could get 16%. When they said that they had CBG flour, I was like, oh shit, that'd be sweet if it was like 3% or something like that, wouldn't it? You know, because you think it's a really low number like that. And to see it this high makes me wonder like, wow, was it there all along? And we just didn't know it. We just like lost that cultivar kind of thing. And well, if you, if you, if the CB, CBD, CBG, it's all, it's all there, but it's, if you cut your plant down very, very immaturely, you know, if, uh, you, if you cut, if you were in week four of flower and you cut your plant down, you'd have elevate, elevated amounts of CBG and CBD and, and lower amounts than what you're used to on THC, you know, but, you know, who wants to cut their plant down early? So now we're playing around with crazy low percentage ratios now. Yeah. You smoke a lot of it. Hey, you know, that's a good thing too. And back in the day when, when hemp was, you know, you know uh, Abraham Lincoln was the one who said hemp would save the world, you know, and he said, smoke it, wear it, make paper out of it. He, he said it, it was America's way of making all their money, which I, I believe very much so. And all your, all your, 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 your cannabis plants at the time were elevated amounts of CBD. And then we found the mutant that got you high. And so we, stuck, we, we, we took that plant and we bred it to be everything to be high in, in Delta nines and THCs because we liked the, the euphoric effect. And then we started fighting, figuring out the CBD was actually a good thing. So now we're breeding back to where it was and where, where things were going and like what they were. Now, now it's, it's like breeding dogs now. It's like now CBG was a thing. And now somebody found that mutant that was elevated in CBG and they're, we're breeding with that to make that come out, you know? The reverse bottleneck. Yep. We were at a bottleneck point and we just broke out of it. Yep. And it's an amazing thing. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's like I said, that's why I'm here. That's why I do what I do in, in the industry is it's fun. It's, it's interesting to see what everything is going to do, you know? I think you're really on the frontier the way that breeders were in the 90s and, you know, early 2000s and stuff. You really get the opportunity to discover all the new things now. Yeah. I mean, we were only just, I mean, the cannabis industry at the late 90s, early 2000s was just bigger, frostier buds that got you higher, you know? And now it's, it's 
it's still that, but it's also so many more things, you know, and all of us can get it. Like everyone on this show can be in cannabis, but be in a different sector of it and that are in totally different areas, you know, and that's what, that's what interests me on doing this. You know, it's, I mean, a lot of people watch me do so many different things and now here I am extracting when I'm known for the no-till guy, you know, and it's the new show that I'm going to start putting out is going to, you know, I was like, well, I could do all no-till show stuff, but what I, you know, another thing I'm known for is just throwing shit out there for people to, to learn without hiding it. Because when I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s, no one, it was, you know, who are you wanting to grow weed? You're going to become competition, so I'm not going to teach you shit. So I taught, you know, I got on YouTube and started teaching everybody everything. I said, screw it, the hell with it. And that's where I'm going to go with like distillation and all that stuff. I'm going to make videos about distillation, let it all the cat out of the bag, let everyone know what's up. You know, like, why is it a secret? Why is it all got to be a damn secret? You know, like, if you want to get into it, get into it. Like, me telling you how to distill cannabis doesn't like make me lose, you know, customers or something. It just allows people to get into the industry. I mean, this is a multi trillion dollar industry. So, you know, I, I think it's dumb for people to hoard thing, hoard knowledge into them. I'd rather everybody know it. I mean, that doesn't mean that all of you guys are going to become extractors, you know? Like I told people back in, when I started my rec farm, they said, why are you telling everybody how you're growing your weed? You know, you're, you're starting a rec farm. You're breeding, you're breeding competition. I said, well, there's two different kinds of people in this world. There's the kind that are going to, they're going to wear a suit, work in a cubicle, and they're going to say, I'm going to go to a dispensary and I'm going to buy his weed because I, I watch how it's grown and it's clean, you know? And then there's the other guy who says, I will never go out into the dispensary and I'll never buy anybody's weed because I'll grow my own. And if I don't know how, I'll figure it out. And I said, I'm, I'm going for the guy who doesn't want to do it, you know? So and if you grow yourself a good name, you'll grow yourself a good business. And I'm not trying to have a skyscraper in the sky. I want to be a mom and pop business, small guy. You know, if I can make, keep the roof over my head and have a truck, you know, you don't need a Lamborghini. <laughs> That's know? why we have so much love for all of you pre-purge guys that are finally coming back around and, and saying, you know, it looks like we can start doing this again and I'm not going to lose my content. And the thing that you'll realize as soon as you start putting content up again and people know that you're back open for business on trading and cannabis information, they will come back more thicker and more than they were in the first place, brother. I just, I love your message, man. And I, just, I'm so glad that you're on the show today. Thank you, man. I remember, I, you know, I remember when I was doing a lot of the YouTube, everyone had, we had our, our handles, you know, Brown Guy 420. And now everyone knows my real name. They know I'm Paul Rosas. They know, they know everything about me. And I remember every video I had somebody say, hey, dude, your license plate was in the back background. They're going to know where you're at. You know, and I remember coming out with that was like one of my favorite shows. I, I, I kneeled down next to my license plate and I said, you can check it. I don't give a shit. My name is Paul Rosas, man. And everyone's like, dude, you're going to go to jail. You know, <laughs> and I, I had, I didn't care. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, I'm doing everything legal within the state. I'm not doing anything bad. Come and get me if you want to, but there was no reason to, you know, if you're doing everything right, you're doing it, you know, to wherever your state's at, what you're doing, then why hide? And that's how I felt like it was for YouTube. And that's like, now my YouTube's under Paul Rosas, you know? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to hide. I, I mean, I do have my old handle name that everyone knew me by, but you know, the heck with that. 
But that's really like an important thing that you did for everyone. And you might not even realize how many people, you know, you've touched and made differences in their lives. You know, just from an old video that you did that, you know, you just thought it wasn't really a big thing, but it could be a big thing in somebody's life, man. So, um, you know, much respect for that, man. We got to we got to give love to the, the giants that we stand upon. So, you know, you're one of those giants in my life. So I just just wanted to say, you know, you know, thank you for that. To just be that honest voice. You know what I'm saying? I always told my guys working with me was this is a resume for us because, you know, if I put anything down on paper, that was called incrimination. <laughs> so. So, you know, back, back in the day, I just said, this is our resume, you know, and then what, what I, you know, the things that I got a lot of people who are always like, dude, check out my plants, all this stuff, you know, and that's what, that's what I liked about it. You know, when I lost the YouTube station, it didn't, it didn't bother me except for the fact of all the hard work I put into it, all those videos, like I, I would put up a video and I, I'd watch comments and answer that stuff. But to me, it was like, it's like looking at old, old photos, you know, and you're like, oh, man, remember that back in the day? So me and my guys would watch old videos and just laugh and be like, wow, dude, pick that up, you know. But my biggest thing out of doing the YouTube and, and, and getting out there, the people was getting an email of somebody who's like, hey, I watched your videos. I got some cannabis, but dude, check out my backyard. Look at all, look at, look at my corn, look at my tomatoes. Look at, and that was my message was. I grow soil. You can grow whatever the hell you want in your soil. You know, you can, I, you can grow fruit trees, you can grow cannabis, whatever you want, you can do it. And that was my message was taking growing back to the way it was before any, anybody started messing with it. It's about the microbes. It's about the, the soil. But, you know, we went to sterilizing our soil to sell it in a bag because everyone was so bug scared, you know? And I'm like, I was peeling up my soil saying, check out all the bugs, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, 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 we, we, man misstrewn what growing was all about and taking people back to the basics and then watching everybody say, I learned it from you, this and that. People said I was an innovator. I said, I'm not even, I'm not even close to an innovator. I'm just putting back through what was supposed to happen. You know, this is what we'll say. This is what, this is like you're bringing back like ancient knowledge. You're bringing back the not what we should have been doing this whole time. We've forgotten, you know, we've forgotten, you know, the way to, to, to be good stewards of the land. Too many people had their nose in the cannabis books, you know, and it was this, we were throwing away soil when we're done growing because we're, we're throwing the balance off too much nitrogen or phosphorus or anything, you know, we're, it's, it's swinging too much. And, you know, when you give the plant everything it needs, it takes what it wants, you know, and I would always say, you know, it's, you know, when you're given anything you want, you know, it, things get unbalanced. What if I give, if I, you know, look at, look at how we are now, we can go out and eat anything we want. Right. So we bring it all in. And what's our, what's our biggest problem is, is obesity. Some nice buds. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's about balance. If we can be balanced, we can have, we can, ha- we we're healthier people. Yeah, that's and that's that's the thing. Some people, you know, there's some people in the scene that that I don't want to say that they give us a bad name, kind of a thing, but it's just like they're they're a far different uh, crowd, I'll say. And sometimes you get, you know, they'll do a boneheaded thing, and then but that's put on all of cannabis. So you know, I, I I try to tell people, you know, just try to be a good example too with with cannabis bringing forward. If you're the person that's the good neighbor, if you're the person that you know it's just an all around good person and you're into cannabis 
you're only helping the cause, you know what I mean? But at the same time, if you're the opposite of that, you're only hurting everybody. <laughs> I mean, and it, it, people, when, when we take people out of the mindset of, of, of what everyone says is right, you know, this is, this is how it has to be. And you take people out of that mindset, it, it, like people say, oh, smoking weed expands your mind. Well, this is what I was doing, is expanding people's minds of, of where we can go. You know, and I, I started with subcool super soil, you know, rest in peace. But he, I even helped him go towards no-till, you know, and, and he was like, I was like, I love your soil. I was like, but it was just too expensive to go outside with, you know, and, and so he was going there. The Mendo boys were going there, you know, and it was, it's a thing of showing, breaking that bond you know, and going where, where, where people haven't really gone before. And it was, it was, and like I said, it was something that was always here. I mean, look at the rainforest, look at the redwoods. They, they grow because of annual type of processes. We blow the leaves off our lawn because we want our lawn to look good. But if you leave those leaves there, your lawn will be better and your tree will be nicer. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's just teaching people back to like, why bag everything up and send it to the dump, you know, like. Well, there's not- actually cities where they force you to do that. Like they'll, they'll find you if you don't take, and I'm like, is the world going crazy? What is going on? <laughs> but to me, it's propaganda. It's, you know, if we eliminate that stuff, if we take the leaves away. If we take away the natural decomposition of how things work, then it's going to force you to go into the store and spend $29.99 on some lawn fertilizer and, and seeding and, you know, put, buy all these nutrients that are put in the bottles. You know, and like I said, everything that's in a bottle is, is a fertilizer. Even if it says organic, it, uh, anything in a bottle that says organic is bullshit because it's 70% of it could be organic inputs, but 30% of it is inorganic inputs and it's called chelation where they where they refine that organic product to where it's considered what you call a fertilizer. When it's a fertilizer, it's been through chelation and chelation makes it readily available to the plant. You know, you can do that naturally through things like Bokashi and stuff or using enzymes, your seed teas or your malted barleys or anything like that. You can do that naturally, but you can't go buy that in a bottle, you know? And if we take away from buying stuff at the store and doing it at our house that's taking away from mass adoption of spending money you know yeah i'm so glad you said that because i just said that on another podcast the same exact point i was like you know i say it with a smirk when um somebody is saying you know i'm growing organically and they're growing in like you know with bottles they have just as many bottles as they had before when they were on hydroponic but they just switch bottles and I can see where that's a comfortable transition. And I can see the need for that maybe for like, you know, a training organic on training wheels. You know what I mean? This gets you used to, you know, this is the same kind of system, but we're just going to use organic, you know, with a cheater on it by chelating them all. But when you think about it, you're, you know, the big difference in my eye between organic and inorganic setting is, is that uh, in an organic setting, you know, you have to feed your microbes. You're not feeding your plant. Your, Your plant is, you know, you're planning ahead, I guess, you know, what you're feeding down there is eventually going to get to the plant, but you got to be ahead of your game a little bit. Whereas in an inorganic setting it's plant available right away chemically. But when you do it organically and you, and you, you mimic, you're mimicking exactly the, or the, the hydroponic setting, you know, with, with the salt, 
So you're just doing it in an organic way. So all these farm posts that you see where you have an organic grower against a hydroponic grower and then going back and forth and then you found another one's just using a bottle organics. And I, I'm, I just, it boggles my mind is because you guys are doing the exact same thing. Well, you know, always one fits the definition for organic, maybe, you know, the word organic, but, but if you think about what you're actually doing is you're pouring plant available, immediate plant available nutrients on your plant. That's you jump in hydroponic here. to me. It sounds Look, hydroponic. I have the Fergroli shirt on and, and he was the big one that when he used, when Brown Guy was on, I used to talk about no-till and Fergroli made the joke talking about no spill was the bottle gang. Remember that? So yeah. Yeah, that's the it's the same. It's the no spill gang. I always called it. I always call bottled organics chem gangs because, like you said, it's it's almost organic, but it's kind of like on training wheels. And I, you know, when people would show me different bottles, I, you know, and oh look, this is a Rhizosphere, Rhizosun. I said, Rhizosphere never comes in a bottle. That's something your plant produces on itself. And when people are always like, well, you're planting in that soil. Have you did you take pH test? Did you do anything like that? I said no. The plant's going to, it might, if, if the pH is off, the plant's going to have a little hiccup. Like when I buy clones, like when I bought clones this year, they, they got a little yellow and they got a little weird and people were like, what's going on? I said, I, I, I'm not holding their hand anymore. I, I, the food is there and I'm letting them have it. I'm not going to put the spoon in their, in their mouth, you know? And what happens is they do, they form that rhizosphere around the, the roots, like a little force field, the bacteria come in and, you know, the roots produce an exudate, which is like a pheromone for the bacteria. The bacteria will come in and they'll start eating off of that exudate. And then you're producing nitrogens, but they're non-plant available at the time. So then now what that does is the bacteria excrete another exudate or a pheromone, as you will, and bring in your protozoas and your protozoas are going to eat those and make it to a plant available nitrogen. So through the process of having a, a real rhizosphere, you can have a pH of 10 or 2, it doesn't matter, but your root zone is going to do what it wants. What a great two-minute clip on, like, what took me months to try to get beat into my head and really understand how it worked. You know, I grew I grew up in hydroponics. That's, I mean, I was growing beautiful flower, big buds, but they had no smell or taste, you know? And so I went to organic, and I was like, holy shit, after the first crop. And I was like, that's where all the smell, that's where all the taste was, you know? And, and it's it's about letting the plant produce them on itself. I was using uh, advanced nutrients and it was, uh, God, what's the name of the, there was a, there was something you would feed your plant and would give it like a smell or a taste. Uh, the bud candy? Bud yeah, candy. bud candy. And I knew I, it. We were, we were, we were smoking sour diesel and Kush and all these different strains and they all tasted like freaking bud candy. And <laughs> I was like, wait a second, is, is is all weed supposed to taste the same? You know, and so when you go to organics, it, it blows, it just blows the doors off of everything. And you go, holy shit, you know? And, and then, you know, it's about getting your soil right. You're never gonna, you're not gonna put together no-till today and have exactly what you want, but you'll have beautiful buds. That's the key. I have a question I have to ask you about this is we constantly go back about this. I grow in a four by eight raised bed, it's a fabric bed, and I've been growing in it for a year now. And in the very beginning, it struggled. Why? Because I used used soil, which everybody was like aghast at when I did it. Like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. It's used soil. Oh, that's cool, man. So I built it. It took a year to get around to it. But 
every time that I run something in it, it just gets better and better and better. And all I use is like down to earth, the box stuff and lots of, well, not la- anymore. I don't use lots of malted barley, um, but it's still a lot of worm castings and um, like some manures and things like that. So I'm really giddy about it, but can you explain why it takes a couple of cycles for it to get to the sweet point? Uh, you know, you, you, brand new soil, used soil, it doesn't matter where you're at. It's just, it's your microbial populations. It's getting your mycelia web intact. It's, you know, you got to get it all together. And so like your first crop, you have a lot of organic inputs in there and your plant does really well, but you have like a smaller bud base or something like that, right? You know, so the next crop, you're like, wow, I got a little bit bigger buds, a little bit more frost. You know, it's it's it, it just keeps accelerating, and that's because you're you're building this this soil food web, and the populations are just exploding, and they're getting bigger and big, bigger. The more organic inputs they're seeing in there, and I mean, I think the Mendo boys were calling it lasagna attack or whatever, and it is. It's that it's that layering effect of decomposition. And you get all these microbes that are all over and different species of bugs, indoor or not, they'll come from everywhere. Your tennis shoes, your clothing, your whatever you whatever you're doing, and they come in and they all feast on they it's like, you know, where we might walk in and say, Oh man, look at that, a filet mignon steak, and, and we're gravitated to it. The, the 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 microbes and the bugs are gravitated to it. It's like it's a they, symphony of decomposition. Oh, and it's and it's an amazing thing. So when you first start, it's a it's a good it's a good birthing place for an organic grow, let's say. And then, as it matures, your your soil is becoming, uh, you know, when you first start, you know, with dry soil, it's a little bit hydrophobic. So you were we're adding stuff in, like you throw a cover crop in, the roots are going to hold in more 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 moisture, and you're bringing that in. And as that as that all flourishes, that's why every season you get a better and better crop, you know, and it's just all about, it's, it's about the food web really. And the fun, the fungi is, is a big part of it. And it takes a while for your, the, the fungi to establish. And when you can lift up like the hay, that's why I always use hay. You can lift up that hay layer and just see white fuzz everywhere. And like mycelium, man, that's that multi barley action. The roots see- will be right there in this like symbiotic effect with all that mycelia. And the mycelia, I always said, uh, like on the old videos and stuff, that it was like the movie Avatar, where they would touch a tree and they could see the rest of the trees and the rest of everything. And that's exactly how mycelia is. If, you know, your, your plant's taking in nutrients, and if you have multiple plants in this bed, it's throwing nutrients. And it's, they say it's at the speed of light, it's throwing nutrients across the bed. And your plants are able to take that up everywhere it's like sharing it's we're all eating at the same table yeah and once you get the mycelio you know established that's why your that's why your plants will start booming how do you feel about avocado tech have you seen anything with that yet i have not seen the avocado tech um man is somebody smarter than me want to do the description on it so i don't know how smart but it's uh you take the avocado you cut it in half you pop out the uh the big pits and now you have that little divot where the, the pit was at. So then uh, they take and they'll make a little cocktail, uh, like an organic cocktail to, to feed their worms. You can take just the, the avocado and put that face down on the, on the soil surface. 
or the guy who came up with this, I forget his name, but he uh, he actually he'll grind up like different input. kelp. Yeah, we use kelp like kelp and stuff that. like that. And he'll make like a mash and put it in that little cavity that's left from the pit, and then he puts that face down. Well, uh, he he likes to use the blue mott drippers, and he puts them right underneath one of those, so the hard shell of the avocado, the water just kind of repels off it and, and disperses all the way around keeps the soil really moist right there and the worms are attracted up to the uh, avocado and they just go it's a worm there. hotel man yeah a little it's, worm yeah. It's, it's your it's your basic it's it's get, it's feeding them worms and, and and they're and they're gonna go and i i see what they're doing i mean it's through it's it's like having a uh, compost pit you know but i mean i remember having an indoor grow when i had my recreational farm and uh, was a Golden Hill grower and I and a couple of my other guys, we we eat lunch and all of our organic stuff, like anything we were eating, we just throw into the soil and we laugh about it. We were like, oh, there's another lost subscriber. You know, like what the hell is this guy doing? And and and, and it, it's it's the joke that you know, like it's like what are you doing? But we're like, dude, the worms, especially your red wigglers, wigglers, they're it's insane. We, I, I I used to say that I could throw a book. On, on top of my soil and it would be gone in two weeks because they the worms are insane they're the they're the fastest eating organism on earth and fastest reproducing so you you have all these worms in there and you get them in there and what they're going to feed they're going to go down under they're going to lay castings i i never i quit putting castings in my soil years ago because they're sterilized and you're they're only there for for nitrogen you know and so what that did is I was buying 600 yards of soil at a time. And it's, you know, you, you get six, 600 yards of soil and they're like, oh, that's 25,000 bucks. And you're like, whoa, like, what about without worm castings? They're like, oh, that's like six grand. And you're like, oh, okay, fuck the worm castings, you know? And so, and so what we would do is we'd add extra worms. Cause like, uh, you know, a lot of people out there that know tiller, you know, there's a lot more people out there. They'll say, oh, you know, just use a pinch of worms and they'll grow my my thing was was not nah, we'll throw handfuls in there and get it going because i'm pulling the worm castings out of my soil so if i add an abundance if anything they're going to jump the pot and go somewhere else but at least i got it there and then you you grow your crimson clovers or whatever your cover crop you smash it down with hay and then they'll eat all that biodegrading stuff and then you will literally have a nice layer of fresh bioactive worm castings that are way, way better yep. than any kind of worm casting. Whenever I pull that the hay back, man, I'm just surprised that I put two of the small buckets of, you know, when you go to the grow shop, you can get them the refrigerated ones. It's like a little sand bucket full of them. I, I put two of those and I have a four by eight bed. And it wasn't until I actually started putting the straw on top of it that I got to the point where the worms were really happy because I constantly will mulch my leaves and my larf into the bed to feed the worms the hay is the hay is, i think is a big part of it you can have a living cover crop and it, it just you got that you know your cover crop growing in and it's great but if you throw that hay down there the worms will come right to the surface and if you look at the bottom side of the of the hay you're going to see little stipulations in the hay and that's all their eggs and they're they're just so happy to be right at the soil surface and they're just I, I used to call them soil dolphins because they they would literally be like in and out of the, of the soil like dolphins and 
they're up there laying eggs they're happy and i mean by the end of a grow you might have so much hay and then it's down to you know as thin as paper and they're just they're just so happy and when i was doing cover crops or just a living uh cover crop it, it never really happened like that you'd have to dig down and say where the heck are all the worms and you go in there and they'd be six you know four to six inches down with hay they're on the surface they're everywhere that's why i bought that second bucket is because i did have a cover crop i was like dude where the fuck are the worms at man yeah. so. and it's always fun to lift it up and see them just they scatter <laughs> well uh, yeah i have i'm very careful and i i move it off to the side so that i can actually get the fresh leaves in there instead of trying to make the worms work their way up through the dry straw to get the, you know, the fresh leaves, just gently move it to the side, try not to disturb the mycelium. I'd always, I'd always just throw them on top of the hay and, and let them decompose on top. And it, 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 I, it's like what the Mendo boy said. It was like, it's like that lasagna tech because they're eating all that hay down. And then you have this like layer of leaf. And then the next, you know, right as you cut your plants down, you're gonna, I throw more crimson clover only a, a few may sprout up through the hay, and then and then you're gonna you're gonna just do the process over and over and over and over again. So they have different kinds of, I guess you'd say, food layers. Okay. And then, like if I ever brought in like uh, more worms, like, I remember sitting there going like, how am I gonna get all these worms out of this guy's compost? Because I, I find compost like or worms locally through people's worm bins, and I remember getting in there's newspaper and avocado pits and orange peel, and you're like, huh. I just like that. Ah, screw it. You just dump it on there and smear it around. You're like, there you go. We're good. You know, <laughs> the best That's part actually of what I do. I have a worm bin at home, and uh, I like to just scoop a, just go straight scoop in, take get worms, everything and all, and put it in each pot, and then they'll populate the pots. And uh, I could just use my worm bin to, not only like you know break things down and use for a topping, but uh, it like repopulates. They repopulate, so then that like there's a constant source for my worms. But I've you there's no 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 product off the shelf no anything that I've ever used where I can just put it as a top dress on top of the soil, just a little bit away from the stalk because I don't want a lot of moisture on the stalk, mm -hmm. but just a little away from the stalk I just drop a glob right there and let it sit there, and I'll kid you within a day, day to two days I'll see feeder roots popping up through that, you know so it just stimulates so much root growth and I mean it's something that you can see immediate which is not really common and you know when you're growing something for four months or whatever you're doing so one of those things that you get immediate results is a home worm bin and then just direct top feed i think i think that's just so i just get super good results with that. dude i'm loving this episode and i know man i know people in the chat are loving this it's actually fun talking about weed for 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 once you know like i i I, I work in the industry, but when we go in there, I'm like making oil all the time now. So to talk about the plant and the soil again, it's, it's just fun. I've been doing it. I've been growing my my uh, my garden and I, I'm by myself when I do it, you know, and I'm trying to retrain myself. I'm breaking out the camera and talking to nobody and making a video for that's going to come out soon. But I laugh because I'm like, oh, man, I miss this. You know, this, this was fun. I, I used to say my, my therapy was going in and talking to myself about soil, <laughs> about the plant, you know? What do you got going on in your yeah. garden? Well, I got, I got a bunch of medical plants going on. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I have my medical card, but I've just been so busy that, and when you're growing 500 acres, 
the last thing you want to do is go home and grow more weed, you know, like, so it's just been, it's been one of those situations where I just like, okay, I'm over it. And since I wasn't smoking, it wasn't that big of a thing, but, uh, I'm at the point now where I'm doing the extractions where I, I, I want some THC to play with, you know? So instead of going out and buying it, I'm going to start with a, a, a nice, good, clean, organic product. And then I get to make it into oil and see what I can play with and see what I can do with it, you know? But I've got, uh, I've got 17 plants right now and they're, uh, they're in 200 gallon pots and I just threw the worms in and we got a cover crop going and we'll see where it goes. And it's super used soil. <laughs> so. <laughs> How many plants do you have in a 200 gallon pot? Just one? Just one. Yep. One plant, 200 gallons. There's, there's, I have, I have, uh, I have like two plants that just weren't doing so well. They're just growing really skinny and up. So I did throw another plant next to it. But other than that, it's pretty much just one. You talked about the Mendo guys a lot. So uh, you weren't kidding though. You're, you're uh, on board with what they do for sure. You know, Northern California and Oregon, man, we're all about them trees. <laughs> so have you always top fit fed? I'm a big proponent. I love the, the sub irrigated, uh, planters or, or even beds uh, have you ever played around with any sub irrigating uh with any of your rows you talking like like drip systems or no i'm talking about like uh so like a sub irrigated planter is like there's a reservoir under the that's the soil is suspended above a reservoir of water and um but in on the corners on the corners of of the planter the soil goes all the way to the water all the way down to the bottom so the water wicks up those corners of the soil. It, it, it just is like a wicking action and it like automatically holds the right um, saturation level of water. So you're not, so there's a feed tube that goes through, it's just the PVC pipe that goes through the soil down into the water res. So literally what I do is I look down my planter feed tube with a flashlight and if I see water, I don't water it. If, I, if it's dry and I, I don't see water, I fill it back up. There is an overflow hole, so like you can't overfill it. Um, and so some of the benefits are is like the, you get air that go to, goes down that feeder tube when you're not filling it with water. You have air going down there, so you have you know higher oxygen levels underneath your root zone. Um, and then just the 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 nice, it's almost like a blue mat system except for it's uh, water's coming up from the bottom. It's more of like a like an underground water source, hmm. I guess would be the best way to, to say it. Um, but it's just SIP. It stands for sub irrigated planner. And uh, yeah, you know, know someone on the someone on the uh, the grow tube that I was doing was doing the SIP containers. I Pedro, you know, and I guess I, I've never really done that. I mean, I wasn't. I did do a lot of teas, but I'm a, kind of away from teas. I do a lot of top dressing. Um, I guess you'd say the closest thing I've done to that was when I had the rec farm. I did, I when I did the beds in the in the in the greenhouses, I had done a, you know, like a French drain underneath the beds with round river rock, and then that was about a, 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 about a foot of round river rock, and on top of that, I did another foot of uh, you know, like probably inch to two inch large. Uh, volcanic rock and then on top of that I did 12 inches of soil 
And the idea behind that were, were two, two reasons. One, I was on it next to a hill. So if we ever had lots of rains like Oregon does and the flooding came into the greenhouse, it can hit the beds and go straight down and French drain down to a, to a ditch that, that let out. And you, you wouldn't get root rots or anything like that. But the, the, also the idea was that, well, a new employee couldn't overwater your crop, you know, because you're going to get hit soil saturation levels, then the rest is going to go down. But then nutrients and everything is going to hit this cavernous area of, of volcanic rock. And those volcanic, uh, volcanic rock would have all your nutrients and everything in there, all these microbes and the, the roots are just going to attach to it. And all the oxygen that was down there was, they, they did. I was, I would say, I bet you that was banging. That sounds amazing. I was growing hedge bushes. I mean, th those, 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 those 30 foot long beds were straight hedge bushes and the, the fungi, the mycelia was, I mean, it was insane. It was anything you, we would pluck leaves and three days later they were covered in mycelia. It was, it was rocking and rolling. So, I mean, I, I would say there's definitely something to having that, that wet oxygenated area at the bottom of the roots because that was my first time doing it. It was just an idea. And, it, and I mean, it was, they were rocking. They were, they were loving it. Dude, we just talked about this yesterday. Yeah, we were the swamp setup. Yeah, doing a similar setup because I'm a big fan of wicking. I do uh, wicking beds. I just put a big uh, like flood and drain table in a room filled with hydrogen. And then I put like a regenerative pot in there. And I just wick in it. And this year, I have a greenhouse set up in a swamp area. And we were thinking about doing a kind of a setup like what you were just talking about right there with a, a couple different layers of different rocks. So it has some buffer zone because I literally only have a few inches. Like it rains, uh, my water level is going to be hitting my pot if I'm right on the ground. It's an experiment. It's yeah. going to be you know, keeping that oxygen down at those root levels, I think is going to, is, is a key thing, especially that was my situation was too much water during the winter times, everything. It was, I mean, you'd be stepping in puddles of water, but the, the beds were actually drying out, which was, I think was perfect, you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, man, is the only thing is I would, like with my the autopot system I have, which is the underfed too. I had to the first run. Run. I I just put the pots in it, and they struggled. It it, uh, it had to have been anaerobic or something that went down. So, the second run, I just put like enough layers as maybe two to three hydrogen balls stacked on top of each other, whatever that thickness is. Uh, a little band of that on the bottom, but I'm sure like lava rock would actually be better. And then. Um, then my soil just to elevate it off of where so it wasn't the soil wasn't sitting in water all the time it made the world a difference so i think it, you know in that situation is you got to get that you know at least a layer a decent layer of something that's going to help drain the water and allow oxygen to flow so even when the water level comes up even above it it's going to drop past that really fast because it's not really going to retain water so it's going to get the get rid of the water as quick as possible too. So I think it's a real advantage to have at least a layer of something like that underneath your pot. How well, is that cocoa loco abolished? It's really that's that's why I'm like I'm not too worried about the water level because of that cocoa loco because we know even if it's wet it's going to hold a decent amount of oxygen because it's mostly cocoa. 
and but I, I'm I'm barely I'm on the I, I'm out there in 15 gallon pots right now, and the plants are four feet tall, and I'm on them to just barely sit on the top of that those hydrogen or the hydrogen bed or whatever, and just have my water roots or everything that's on the that's coming through the pot down there constantly sitting in water, and then maybe. I can have a setup to where eventually in like a month where I'm not even watering it. I'm just maybe doing a top feed because, you know, I top dressed or something to get some, uh, some boost. That's another, my favorite thing about uh, a system like that with a sub irrigation is like you have the option to add something to the feed water or you can top dress. It's like a dual root zone. Cause it does, if you, when you take a, if you take a, if you take after your harvest, if you take a, a bed apart and you look in there, it's like you have your, I call them my feeder roots that they'll come up towards, towards the surface and things. And then you'll have the roots that are, they're different. They're not as thin, they're thicker, they go down. And when they sit in the water, I just call them water roots. I don't know. Like when you do a deep water culture, you know, you get those, those big water roots. So you have like the best of both worlds kind of a thing. You have your, you know, hydroponic maybe because you're in the water and then you also have your your soil level and all your microbes and all that you know shout out to potent ponics and steve reisner that really gets me interested because he does a dual root zone with aquaponics that he takes it to the, just like the next level and uh you know i'm not even a fan like i i don't like to consume fish i don't like the flavor personally but i've considered just getting fish tanks just to play around with aquaponics watching that guy because just so so he's, he's saying like the, this statement right here, this one statement he made, he said uh, like the microbes, the, the diversity of microbes in the best living soil is worse than the, in the, in the very worst aquaponics setting. So there's still a bigger diversity in the very worst aquaponic water that you would water with your plants. So like, even if you're struggling with aquaponics, it seems that, uh, you would see a benefit. So, you know, even it's just changing, if somebody changes their, that's what I was thinking, I'd dip my toes in it, change the, get a fish, change the water once a month or once a week, and, and then uh, maybe dilute it a little bit and water my plants and see what happens. Yeah, there, there's those guys out there, uh, I think they're in New York. And I mean, they're up, they're growing greens and stuff for, for restaurants, but they have big tilapia tanks that go right down the center of the, of the uh, greenhouse. And all that water recirculates through levels of, of, of planting. Like I think it's through, I think it's through some sort of rocks or something. I don't think they're really in soil, but it it they're they're, they're just killing it. And yeah, and and they can harvest the fish. You know, yeah, they harvest the tilapia <laughs> for restaurants and sell the greens and everything. So yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, I I looked into it. I've I've seen the little like uh, geo dome set setups where. The fish were in the middle and it was doing all your all your vegetables around the sides and i always thought it was cool and it was like kind of one of those bucket list things you know but well if it's something that if you get any time which i had haha joke there but if you get any times and you want to go take a minute check out his channel potent ponics and uh he's he was he just set up a huge farm in zimbabwe i think it was and uh yeah he had these big tanks with these huge fish you could see in them and they just piped it all through and he walks you through and, and shows you it all. So it was super interesting to see some of them, some of the stuff he was growing, like you're saying greens and stuff on rafts that were just floating on the water. It was really cool. You know, like your brassicas, things like that. 
You know, the, the thing that, speaking of people on YouTube, the thing, the, the one that always blew my mind, I don't know if any of you guys ever watched him. His name was Chris Trump. He's still on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went and saw the him. The guy talk. was his AF, and he's a whole macadamia nut farm, and he's like, here we go, we're watering. And he's like, takes a little pinch and throws it in the water, and he's like, we're good, let's go. And you're like, really? <laughs> you know, that, that is, to me, is amazing. You know, it's yeah using a little bit of something to water a whole lot of something. And that's where, like, I want to learn, like, how to use a microscope. Because when you get into ferments and, and even microbes, I guess, it, um, to be able to look at stuff and know what you're dealing with instead of kind of guessing would take everything to that next level. You know what I mean? So that's another thing that bucket list. I want to learn how to use a microscope the right way. Watching, watching live soil and, and water with microbes under a microscope is a, a whole nother adventure. I'll tell you that if you've never done it, I, I remember sitting no. here checking the microscope to see what was going on just to see if things were living like in my teas and stuff. And it's, it's, a, it's like, it's like going back to the dinosaur days. You, you see something big and it's all, oh, you see something little and you're like, run, run. It's like, and it eats it. And you're like, oh my God, he's eating everybody. And then something bigger comes out and you're like, oh my God, run. <laughs> and I remember just sitting there in my grow room, just like, it was like watching a oh, horror movie or something, you know, they're just, they're just taking each other and just eating each other. It's just, like, and it's yeah. all going on in a drop of water. It's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so much going on in one drop of water. <laughs> so, Brown guy, I'm curious if you uh, if you've adjusted any of your top dressing style from before. Like on the farm, you were kind of showing uh, you were using like Bio Live. Uh, I know the coconut water, aloe water. I, I picked that up from you too. But I'm just curious of what what your top dressing was nowadays. Uh, you know, right now it's, uh, you know, I, I use the, the Oliveira, the coconut. I kind of, I kind of, uh, stopped using as much because I use the bio life and the coconut water had traces of everything. And really the bio life kind of has traces of everything. And it's just easier to source the bio life because down the earth is right down the street. Uh, so doing, you know, the, the whole top dressing part was what I really like it with not having a lot of time, if I could just kind of throw something on the soil and walk away, to me, it, it seems better. Um, but, you know, I am uh, consulting with uh, my buddy, Golden Hill Grower and uh, Sticky Brand, the two guys that were on my farm. Um, after my farm kind of, you know, my investors screwed us all over and told us to beat feet, uh, they actually, my buddy Sticky Brand went and found like a small place that's actually a full-fledged farm making vegetables and a recreational cannabis is kind of like their side project. And so he came in there and started growing there using my technique. And then Golden Hill Grower came in and started doing his whole uh, k &F. and I, I just contacted them about a month ago and I was like, hey, you know what, you know, what do you guys think about k &F? I just always felt like it was the next step. And they were like, dude, it's like, it's like no-till and KNF are just made for each other. So uh, they're supposed to come on over, you know, we're going to hang out, catch up on old times, and they're going to kind of throw the lowdown on me on how to make OHNs and FPJs and all this stuff. Uh, to me, that seems like the next thing is to make, you know, something, just like I said, Chris Trump, that's what really got me going. And I was reading these, uh, 
write-ups from uh, the University of Hawaii that if you if you just look up Korean natural farming University of Hawaii, you'll get these full write-ups with pictures and step-by-step -step instructions of how to make all the KNF stuff. And to me, that seems like the next big thing because like your OHNs are really big for IPM, you know, uh, killing your pests and keeping things away. And to be able to, you know, grow a garden of vegetables and grow a little bit of extra of certain things, like my thing was like cantaloupe. I want to do orange cantaloupe and that's your, that's your, now your bloom uh, feed, I guess you would say. And then you can do all your other things, like anything green, they said would, is good for growth and anything orange is good for flower. You know, so if you're growing carrots and cantaloupes, that's a good FPJ for, for your flowering times and fruiting. And so uh, to me, I guess that's the next step. And now that I'm, you know, I, I kind of, we went, we did all our organic with the hemp farm, but now that I'm kind of back to doing my own thing, that's kind of where I'm going, I'm going back towards is I'm going back to just my typical top dressing. I don't like teas anymore because anything a tea, I think when you, once you get into a good no-till atmosphere and you, and you mix up a tea, there's too much of a pH swing. That's, that it's like you're, you're knocking down the dominoes when you're set, when you're trying to set them up, you know, and it's just throwing things out of whack. And I mean, it'll come back and it'll be good, but you just, you're kind of taking two steps forward, one step back when you make a tea. So the top dressing kind of waters it in and it's a natural tea. It's just bringing it down. But then for me, it's the, it's the, it's the Korean natural farming. I think that's going to be the next step. And uh, I'm in the process of building myself a little indoor grow room. And that's where we're going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to go through everything on, on, on making your, your KNF inputs, your OHN, your FPJs, all that stuff. And then we're going to just experiment, you know, and in the fashion of anyone who was watching me from the start, I could try something and kill the garden. It doesn't matter <laughs> to me. It's about where it takes it, what happens, where, you know, what, 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 where's the, where's the balance here, you know? So definitely that's, that's what people will be seeing next. Hey, throw up uh, a camera when you build out too, because those are awesome yeah. videos too, man. We'd love to, yeah. love to see the build outs. I, I'll sit and just draw grow rooms just if I'm, you know, I have nothing to do and I got to kill time. I'll just sit here and draw a grow room. I just love that kind of stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, it's fun stuff for sure. It is damn good to see you back on Alive and saying that you're going to start doing this again, BG, because. Like there, there's a certain group of people that pre-purge that we kind of lost and they, they, no matter what panel you guys were on, you always came in, like everybody just got instantly hyped, started smiling. And people like, you know, Girl Mouse, you, Subcool. I mean, there's, there's a few more. I don't think I'm missing you if you're one of those people. But uh, I was gonna say, it's really cool to have you back. And I can't wait until you. you start pumping out the, the content again, because there's so, even though you lost all that content back in the day, there's so many things from that content that influence my style now that I teach the people. And I mean, yeah, you lost it, but the effect is still there. Hmm. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you. It's, you know, once you get out of the groove, you gotta, it's like you fell off the bike, you know, and now I gotta go buy a new bike and learn how to ride the damn thing again. You know, it's, you gotta remember to take the cameras, you know, and everyone knows me for the drones, you know. So I gotta like, I gotta get back in the groove of bringing my, you know, this 
giant backpack that's full of cameras and drone gear and take it around with me everywhere. And, you know, like I said, it's back to talking to yourself with a camera. <laughs> you know, but once I train myself, you know, the, the video I'm going to come out with here soon is going to be, it's growing and it's, and it's extractions and more, I'm going to say, you know, the, the daily grind was always like, it was like a constant uh, teaching, I guess, and trial and error. And, you know, and on top of that, people would always see, you know, me, me get somewhere and then it just crumble and then I do it again and crumble. And, you know, I have this up and down pattern going on. And now I think, uh, I think the video I want, I, I want to kind of turn it to you're learning stuff, but also it's more like a vlog, you know, like I just want to kind of show you where, where I'm at, where I'm going with stuff and the things I'm doing and how, how things are just working with, with being within the industry. You know, it's, uh, I, I now have a business in the industry and, you know, it's just like I used, I was an old contractor, I'm an electrical contractor and it's the same thing. It's feast or famine. One minute you're making money, the next minute you're not. So it's like being a real estate guy, you, you sold a house, you got a bunch of money and better save it because you don't know when the next, the next paycheck's coming in, you know, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's fun and it's scary and it's everything in between. So I think that's where I'm going to go with the videos rather than just have a garden and throw it out there. I mean, you guys are all, you guys are doing the garden work now, you know, and it's, uh, it was fun back in the day. And, you know, now that, you know, like I, you guys are calling it the pre-purge which, which is awesome, <laughs> but you know, and so you guys got that handled, you know? So for me, I was like, well, what do I do? You know, since you guys are there and everyone, there's new reputations on YouTube, you know? And so with me, I think I, it's, it's the, I think the, the, the next step is, is showing people that everything of, I, I, I used to talk about it all the time that it's a wonderful industry, but it's not what everyone thinks it is also. You know, there's a lot of backstabbing in this industry. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I, I call it, I, I used to say, you know, you'd be back in school, you know, in history class and you'd learn about the gold rush. You learn about gold fever and people are shooting each other over gold, you know, nuggets and stuff. And that's what, unfortunately, this industry has turned into. I tell people that, you know, I never saw gold fever until I got into, until cannabis went into the, into business and until it went into the recreational area. And I understand that people want to get, make a name and build themselves into something. But, you know, back in the day when I could shake your hand, we were like, dude, that's good, good as gold, dude. I, I, I can give you my home and my car and my bank account number. And you were solid. You, I knew you would never turn your back on me or stab me in the back. It's, it's so different now. And now you got to tell someone, make sure you're, you're, you're covered in paper, you got a lawyer, you got all this crap, you know, and it, it sucks. But, you know, I think that that's the new, I think that's where I'm going with the new videos is like, you're going to see me working, you're going to see me working in the garden, but I'm also going to give people tips of, you know, if you want to get in this industry, like a lot of us do, we all want to go work for a farm or something, you know, and, and make a paycheck doing what we love, you know, and I, I just want to say, you know, look out for these things. And, you know, protect yourself and make sure that you get yourself somewhere because all of us have a niche, which is we're good growers, you know, and we're, and people are looking for us and, 
all you guys having successful gardens on your YouTube, it's a badass resume. People will start hitting you up, sending you emails saying, hey, dude, I got a farm in North Carolina. I need someone to run it and I'm willing to do it. But that's cool and all. That's great. And, you know, and if you want to jump on that bandwagon, do it, but protect your ass because that guy may want to do what they did to me, which is build from the ground up all your knowledge. You know, that farm I had was, I said, everything I ever did in my life, I did it. I put it all to use on that recreational farm. And then when that last bug from that first harvest was just that last piece of trim was cut, boom, you're done. You're gone. You're executed from it, you know? And you're like, this was my, this was my future. This was everything I wanted to do. And it was people that have money and they can, they can bury you through lawyers and paperwork and they can do whatever you want. You could save your, your $40,000 a year. They're paying you or $50,000 a year. They're paying you but they have millions of dollars to bury you and crush you to where you'll run out of money and you'll, they'll win by default, you know? And I want, I want everyone to know that like, Hey, Hey, look, this guy, this guy can be, you know, God's right hand man. And he's so pure and he's so wonderful, but always protect yourself. Always get yourself a lawyer. Make sure that I don't care. The guy's your brother. you got to protect yourself. You know, you got to, if you want to stay in this industry, you got to be careful. It, you know, it's we're 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 walking on eggshells in a lot of it. And you know, if you want to stay in your in your closet, that's fine. And you want to go build houses or be an electrician, that's cool. But if you want to be in this industry, I want people to be you know, all of us. You know, people, are, you guys being on YouTube, people will either give you an opportunity of a lifetime, or they're going to use the hell out of you. Yeah, like when I, that's, I mean, I've, I've preached that before. I was sitting there the whole time. You're preaching to the choir. I was just like, <laughs> because uh, my Instagram was basically my job interview, you know, when it went legal here in Michigan and I was going to, you know, job interview after job interview, I was being picky as shit, man, because I'm in it for the passion. Just like I can tell you've been smiling the whole show, the whole show, Brown guy. Just, I, I mean, I, I just see it light up and it's, it's, it's making my heart happy. But, you know, that's what I wanted to see when I went into a job interview from other growers when we're talking about plants. I didn't want to hear numbers. I didn't want to hear, you know, profit margins. I didn't want to hear factory farm kind of things. So, yeah, I turned down jobs until I found uh, the place where I knew I was talking to other, you know, home growers, other people that have walked the same journey that I, that I did. And, uh, we, we had the same mindset and because of that, we make such a great team. You know what I mean? Because we all have similar beliefs and styles like that. It's, it's so important, I think, to be able to operate. I guess the, the best way to illustrate it is, as we kind of laugh, it's kind of a running joke as we drive past, uh, an other facilities near us with two to three times as many cars in the parking lot <laughs> and, you know, and, and we're doing the same thing. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's so important to have the passion and that's the missing ingredient. If you don't have that passion, you don't have that love. You don't have the big smile on your face because you love the shit out of it. Then, you know, you, that's your missing component. That's what you need. Yeah. And I mean, I still have people asking me, get promising to me, promising me the world right now. I mean, and it's, it, it, and I'm like, well, wait, I, I have my own company now. Like, I know that most lab people are, 
they're going to come in and just laugh at what I like, you know, you're only working with this, you know, like it's, I, I don't have a, a machine or a skid that's going to come in and you just hit start and it takes in plant matter, matter and shits out distillate out the other end. And there you go. We're good. But we invested $6 million into this plant and guys wear white lab coats and never get dirty. Like I'm not that guy. I'm the guy who we're sitting there, you know, washing the plant matter. And we're, we're working our asses off for 12 hours a day to get from point A to point B when other people are pushing a button. But I have guys coming in and saying, Hey, look, we'll, we'll buy you a $500,000 washing plant. We'll buy you a hundred thousand dollar falling film system. We'll buy you $150,000, white film. And we'll, we'll get you where you need to go. And I'm like, ah, you know what? That I mean, to me, that's like, it's my dream lab. It's like somebody setting, setting everything you've ever wanted right in front of you and say, dude, here's the keys. And at the same time, I sit there and I'm like, ah, you know, what, what's going to happen though? Like, yeah, at the same you know, time, you know, I'm giving up a freedom. I'm giving well, up. Yeah, you tell me. Direction. You can do whatever you do. You got your customers. You got the people you deal with. You got your things, but then you do our stuff too. And then, what is it? Yeah. Three months later, they're going. You're going to say, "What are you doing?" You're like, "Oh, I got this deal. I got to get out." And they're going to say, "Why aren't you running our stuff?" And then, pretty soon, they're going to phase your stuff out, and then you're just a slave for their stuff. And then, right? Then basically, what happens is that their dream becomes your fucking nightmare. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I I started my company and. You know, I'm doing, you know, tolling agreements and split agreements. And, and that's that's the the, the the common thing to do to, as an extraction guy is either you they come in with their biomass and they say, hey, look, extract how much per pound or per liter finished gram, whatever you're charging. And you give them a price and you're like, you know, that's that's the standard thing or it's a split. And I'm telling, you know, and I'm going like, OK, well, you know, which one's better, the split where I walk away with oil or is it the tolling agreement where they pay me cash at the end? And I was more on the tolling agreement because I can't pay my guys in oil. They can't feed their families with oil. So I'm like, well, I'll do tolling. And, at, and then what happens is you go and you make all this oil for somebody and then they go make a pile of cash this tall and then they peel this little tiny bit off the top and they say, here you go, brown guy, good job. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, wait a second. So I got a buddy of mine coming in that put the, the thought in my head. He says, wait a second. You, why are you doing that? He's like, I've been, I've been doing that all my life, just like you. And all, what are we doing? We're doing all the work and we're not making any kind of money. And, and, and you're barely paying the bills and you're wondering how you're going to make your car payment. You're going to do all this stuff. And he's like, I'll bring all my lab equipment, join up with you. And I met this guy on Instagram and and he's like, you need to stop the tolling. You need to stop the splits. He's like, I don't care. You and I will go out and shake hands and do whatever we got to do. But we're going to find the end people like those people not got. Because you do all the work and you're covered in oil and you got it all on your face and your hair and stuff. And you're trying to get these things done for these people. And they roll up in a, in a Range Rover and <laughs> they've never seen dirt in their life. You know, they're clean as hell. And they go and they make all the cash. And you're like, well, that's what I... I, I'm here to make a good business and, you know, I want savings. I'm 40 years old. I, I, I don't want to work till the day I die because I don't have any savings in my account, you know? So I'm redefining the way I do my company now. And my buddy coming in, put that mindset in my head. He's been extracting longer than me. And he's like, let's go find the people. He's like, dude, you're, you're brown guy. 
you you got all you gotta do is tell people and i'm like no and he's like no really and i'm like no and then i, I put it out on my instagram and boom i had all these people saying hey yeah fuck yeah dude we'll buy your oil dude. i'm like holy shit and like i i think for how long i've been off of youtube i kind of forgot you know and with the investors being on a farm they were always saying like i was telling people oh we went out and recreation sucks pounds are only going for 200 bucks a pound right now and they were coming in saying don't say anything like that don't act desperate to sell stuff and they were coming in and manipulating like what i need to say on my show and what they didn't want me to say on my show and they're giving me a paycheck so i had to not say certain things you know and it, it, to me i'm like well that's bullcrap because i need i want people to know i wanted people to know how bad the market was and at that time nobody cared if they were you could have sold someone a pound that was full of pesticides that would put you in a grave in six months and they still want that for for 250 bucks a pound and then you give them the best organic flour you can possibly grow and they want that for 250 bucks a pound they didn't care no one cared at the time it was just about making everyone pulling stuff in so with me i want to race to the bottom yeah it was it was a race to the bottom and with me it's uh you know, uh, another friend of mine told me, you know, when I was like, yeah, these guys are wanting to buy me $5 million worth of a lab equipment. She goes, well, because they can find an extractor wherever they go. You, I mean, you, you can set a lab up and you're going to find people who know how to who to make crude and crude the distillate, and distillate the isolate or wherever they want. She's like, but you're a, a specialty lab. You're, you know, she's like, you're always constantly trying to find that next cannabinoid, that next thing. And that's what, why people want you, you know? And I was, and the reason why I got into the being, doing specialty cannabinoids was that I just, I didn't want to be that guy that says, oh, I, I can do 5,000 pounds a day, you know? Like to me, that makes your job boring. You feed and it, you know, makes oil and then you feed and oil and feed and oil. To me, I want to do things on lower volume, make better money doing it. And it's, you know, we, we're all in this to make some extra money when we're in it on a business. And that's why we go to work, wake up and go to work tomorrow. We need money. But I want to be happy with what I do at the same time. You know, you, you, you want to make money and be happy. When I, was, when I was making money as an electrical contractor, I liked what I did because I was my own boss, but I wasn't happy with what I was doing because I just, I don't know, I just, it, I never really wanted to be an electrician for the rest of my life. You know, and then when I got into cannabis and I was making it my job, I, I'm happy. But at the same time, I was a slave to those people because they were always paying my paycheck and it started dictating through my show. They started do, telling me things. And so now if I'm small, I feel it's, it's better because I'm making my own destiny and no one can tell me what I can and cannot do. I don't care if I make $100 a week. You know what? I'm happier than a pig in shit right now because I'm doing my thing you know, the way I want to do it. Yeah, I was much happier going to a, a grow half the size where I got to make all the calls than having, you know, a partner and arguing about every different thing. Yeah. You know, and my friends over there at Hemptown, amazing people. They're like family to me. They've been helping me out, like all get out. Uh, you know, so to me, I'm like, if, I, if, if this doesn't work out, then I can always go back and, and grow, you know, half of Oregon into... <laughs> the hemp town, you know, like these guys grow, they're, they're insane growers. We all feed off each other. We're all friends. You know, it's, uh, 
I can always go back over there, you know. So for me, I'm I'm, I'm taking a little journey, but I can always go back there, you know. So uh, for now, I'm just seeing where I where I can take myself on my own personal journey. Well, that takes a lot of stress off you, though. You know, you have a backup plan, so that's got to be that's yeah. got to make it easier for you to be even more more risky if you want to to really push the envelope and try to be at the cutting edge, and that's that's got to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, they come in at least once a week. One of them comes in and says, "Hey, man, you're making money, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Okay, all right." And you're happy? And I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Cool." So it's like having Big Brother right there, you know? They're like, "Just okay, all right, do your thing, do your thing," you know? And if it don't work, we got you, you know? So it definitely takes a lot of stress off of off of doing my thing. I really think it's it's a unique thing to the the cannabis community, man. There's there's always that love there. We have drama just like everyone else, but there's always this overwhelmingly like accept everybody love you know what i'm saying that's there you just gotta sometimes find them they might be hiding around the corner and, and you know out of the out of the way but uh it seems like the birds of a feather kind of flock together and uh, it's just nothing but love and and i love getting that out of it too you know what i mean yep, yep. i mean that's that's what i love about my boys over there at Hamptown. i mean it was to to everyone there it's not it's not just a job you know you got guys that They've been working all day long. And I mean, I, I, I'm not even getting paid through them anymore. But then uh, they got a, a, a seeding, a needle seeder machine that sits there and seeds the, your 72 tray flats and it's not working right. So I, I, I'm over there and I'm like, oh, hey, let, let, let's check it out. Let's see what's up, you know? And you know, they need electrical done and fixed or something, I, I'll help them out, you know? And it's, it's guys will run tractors because they got to get the fields you know, done up and everything, they'll, they'll run tractors till two o'clock in the morning, you know, and it's to them, it's not just a job. It's, they want to continue to do what they love. And it's not necessarily like half the people there aren't even gardeners. They're, they just love doing what they're doing. They're, they're fabricators. They're, you know, engineers They're but they came in because they love the community. They love the cannabis community, you know, and, and the cannabis community is so tight. It's, you can be in LA and meet some people and then you go to Spain and you're like, dude, didn't I just see you in LA? You know, like it, it's so tight. And you know, that's what I love about it is, you know, is you can't, can't build a bad name in this industry. Cause if you do, everybody knows, you know, it's, it's that small. But that's what I love about it. I love, I, I love, we keep each other honest, man. Cause we're all distrustful. We had to, you know, you know what I mean? It had to be. And so, um, you have, I mean, it's almost forced. You have to be that good guy. You know what I mean? Because if you get that bad rep, is there any other profession where reputation is important? You know what I mean? It's just like, if you have a bad rep in this reputation, everybody heard about it yesterday. You know what I mean? It's been all over social media and uh, accounts have been banned and, you know, it's been a big to do. So, uh, I mean, it's amazing. We, at work, we have an issue with, uh, I won't even bring up the specifics but we have an issue with a piece of equipment and we call the company and call the company and call the company we don't even get a call back we make one post about how disappointed we are about their product on our page and wow we get all this response what can we do for you what was give you a brand new unit you know so it's just like you know you better be on your game and, and just be honest because you're going to be found out eventually and everyone will know about it so just stop the game just stop, just be honest and be real <laughs> and that's what i do through my instagram still is you know when like my i i have a lab society 
short path machine. And you know, this is this is how I'm making my money now. And I broke a piece of glass and I was like, shit, I got, you know, I, I have to keep running. I have these people that need their oil and they need it done now. What am I gonna do? I called these people, answered the phone immediately. They asked me what was up. I didn't know the exact name of that exact piece of glass. So they, they were like, okay, I'm, I'm explaining it. They figured it out, they got it. And I mean, in, 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 in the lab life, everything is freaking expensive, you know? So they're like, I'm like, so how much is that piece of that cold trap? And they're like, oh, that's uh, 800 bucks. I'm like, oh God. I'm like, and I need it tomorrow. How much is overnighting? And they're like, oh, it's like $160. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta drop a grand on a freaking piece of glass, you know? And, and I'm like, dude, I know, I, it's, I fucked up. I, I, you know, I pushed something together too tight and I snapped a joint, you know? And they're like, hey, we know, shit happens. Let us give you a discount. Let us, and I'm like, damn, they don't even know who I am. They, they, you know, I, I, I'm not being like, hey, you're a brown guy or something, give me a discount. You know, they were just like, let me give you, let me give you a discount. And I'm like, shit, you, you guys are fucking awesome, dude. So, you know, I still have following on Instagram. So I threw, I throw them out there. I'm like, dude, these guys are fucking awesome. They have amazing customer service. They're there to help you. And now they're promoting me on their Instagram, you know, and they keep putting up videos of my discipline. I'm like, that's what it's all about. You know, we're all helping each other. We're all, you know, lifting each other up. And I mean, I know they're in it to make money too, but at the same time, they're like, Hey, let's give you a you know, 30% discount just because we know how much it sucks to be, to be down, you know? Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I, I fully believe the whole concept of, you know, the good karma. If you if if you put good karma out there, it comes back like in in way more than you put out. You know, I don't have the words. I'm too high right now. But, you know, it's just like, you know, what I mean, if you walk around just, you know, it being, is being a dick, real. Yeah, yeah, it's just you walk around being a dick all day long. You're going to be treated like a dick. You know, that's what that's what happens. That's that's life. So how about be a nice person and then people will be nice to you. And, you know, it's a simple concept, but we all forget it. I, I, I'm a firm believer in what you just said, man. I, you know, I, everyone will be like, Oh God, it sucks, man. You just lost all this stuff. You know, and that's what a lot of my, the following that I have is like, dude, we watch you just fall and get back up and fall and get back up. And I always said, you know, I, I, I believe in karma. I put out good and, good will always come back to you, man. Even if you're, you don't have a way to pay for rent and you have 20 bucks to your name and you're like, what do I do? Something will happen 10 hours before, five hours before you got to pay rent. And some dude just shows up and says, Hey man, I'm sorry. Uh, I owe you that money. And here it is. And you're like, Holy shit, there's my rent money. And, and it something you put out good, good will always come back to you, man. It, it, it's true. Karma is a big thing. It's, it's tattooed to my wrist, man. So I know, Every day, man, <laughs> put out good karma. <laughs> good energy, brother. We're two minutes from our normal show closing time, brown guy. It's been an ex incredible experience having you here. The chat really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. You really dropped a lot of knowledge with us here. Um, I wanted to thank you for joining us again. Um, could you give us a rundown of all of your places to find you, all of your social media and all of that stuff? Yeah, I, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for letting me on here and everything. Uh, it's more, it, I forgot how much fun it was to be on the, one of these shows and all this stuff. And uh, 
but yeah, I mean, right now, uh, my YouTube is, is a little bit stagnant, but I'm going to start putting up all my old, old farm videos on there here. Probably upload one tonight, keep it going until those are caught up, but that's under Paul Rosas, uh, P-A-U-L-R-O-S-A-S. -S. And then you can find me on Instagram under brownguy4200, so 4200. Uh, so there's a, believe it or not, there's a different kind of brown guy on Instagram. <laughs> brown guy 420 is someone else. Um, but uh, those, those are really my two, my two uh, social media platforms. Uh, I do have my Facebook, but anything you see on Instagram is usually correlated to my Facebook. So I, I don't really get on Facebook. If people have questions, I always tell them to go to Instagram. It's just a, an easier platform to answer people's questions on. So they can send me a direct message. Um, that's usually where I, you know, when I have time, I sit down, I'll go in and then, you know, see that I have messages and, I'll, and I answer people's as much as I can. Thank you very much again for joining us. Oh, thank you. I uh, dropped your links in the chat. So hopefully people will give you a, uh, a look. That's how you got on here was Scobo and uh, and Abolish watching all of your content back in the day. Yeah, I'm well, oh, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say I wish I I I I wish I can upload everything I had before, but you know hard drives are you can only have so many of them before it just becomes cumbersome. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, the, the, all the videos I ha I do have are the farm videos, so I will get those back up. Spartan Grown, man. Where can everyone find you? Uh, everybody can find me uh, on Instagram at Spartan Grown. That's the best place. Um, but uh, the place I like to lurk the most is right here at Michigan Bros Grow Show. So you can find me right here at Michigan Bros Grow Show on YouTube. And uh, I just had a fucking awesome time talking to, you know, a hero. So, you know, brown guy, I know, I know you don't want to accept it, but uh, you're a hero to a lot of us, man. So um, you're just as cool as, as, as I thought you'd be. It was super easy to talk to you, and uh, I just had a hell of a time talking to you, dude. So uh, much love, and grows love to everybody out there. Well, thank you, guys. Thank Spartan you. Spartan was fangirling. <laughs> Bollers, what, what do you have to say for yourself? Well, Spartan, you can find me on IG, YouTube, and wherever you see MBGS Productions. Definitely got a shout-out, BG. I'm glad you're back. And I also like to shout out all these fine people above me and may the frugal force be with you. Thanks, Abolish. Oh, Abolish, I've been talking to you on it on IG. Okay, so now I got to yep. face to the, to the IG. All right, well, thanks, man, for hitting me up and getting a hold of me. <laughs> Anytime, man. You're always welcome. Smiley Garden. Oh, you get the mute button. Sorry, man. Yeah, smiley's underscore garden on Instagram, uh, part of the frugal force on Saturday nights. And uh, yeah, man, I, I just want to echo what Spartan said too, Brown Guy. It's been an honor, man. And definitely you were, uh, your videos you were putting out were part of my transition into organic growing too. So I, I definitely appreciate that hard work. So it was Thank not you. for loss. And then uh, can of Kate. I had a super great time tonight, Brown Guy. I liked listening to you talk about the struggle that so many of us have with like doing it for a living, but not selling out for money and like, you know, just 
all the science stuff that you're doing with the plant. It was super cool to be able to chat with you about that. Um, thank you for all the people in chat. You can find me here or on Instagram at the can of cake. Have a good night. Fred, are you there? You want to talk? Yeah, I want to thank Brown Guy 420 for giving us all that wonderful information. And I just want to say cheers and thank you all for hanging out with me and keeping me company while I had to harvest tonight. Rock and roll cannabis community, love you all. What were you uh, trimming there, Red? Thanks, thanks Uh This is all like a sour diesel pheno that I got handed to me a few years ago. This is the last that I'll ever. Thanks, man. Scobo. I'm Scobo1 on Instagram, and I want to say thanks to Brown Guy for coming out and dropping so much knowledge. Uh, I see that it came back just like riding a bike for you, and like Spartan said, you did it with a smile all night. And anybody that's listening that didn't get enough or wants to get more, definitely go subscribe to his channel and look for those new videos to start dropping. Other than that, I want to say be sure if you didn't get enough of us tonight, to come back for a little bit more late sesh action tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Eastern for the late sesh. Thank you, everyone.